Content warning. Racism, slavery, and labored metaphors about capitalism. Action! Excitement! Horror! Romance! Thrills and chills! Swords and sorcery! Rockets and ray guns! A dizzying panoply of the strange and impossible from the darkest depths of the human imagination! What mad universe encompasses such tales as these? Join us as we bear witness to the sweeping sprawl of all the history that never was and all the futures that could yet be. It's adventure as you like it on What What Mad Universe. Hi, welcome to our first What Mad Universe mini-sode, or mini-episode, if you will. Yes, we uh, recorded these episodes uh, last year as a Patreon bonus, uh, and we are now including them uh, for public consumptions, uh, while we are technically on hiatus before uh, Season 4. I'm Philip Rice, and with me as always is Adam Prosser. Hello, good to see you all. yeah, uh, so most of these mini-sodes will be uh, directly tackling an author we've talked we've talked about, uh, another work by an author we've talked about, or something we've mentioned, but this one just sort of related in that it's also about vampires, and we've done a few vampire stories. Mm-hmm. Um, this is one of the earliest vampire stories published in the English language, uh, which is very odd because I didn't hear about it until last year. Um, uh, it it was, I I don't know how I, I missed this one. There was no references to it in any of the lists of vampire stories and stuff that I yeah you know studiously came across. Yeah, Phillips the vampire uh, scholar around here, so he usually knows all this stuff. Yeah, yeah, but this one um, I don't know. It's just, I guess it was just recently uh, unearthed. Um, uh, it when I uh, when I found out about it uh, last year. Uh, I went searching and it took me a while to find a copy online, um, but now it's really widely available. You can just search for it and there's a Wikipedia page now. So, um, yeah, I guess it, it, it develops some notoriety pretty quickly. Um, but it's from 1918. Um, it's called... Wait, uh, 1918 Vamp- or 1819? Or 1819, sorry. Right, right. <laughs> Uh, sorry, mixed up there. Um, 1819. So it was published the same year as The Vampire, with a Y, by John Polidori, right. which is the first um, English vampire fiction, basically, probably. Right. And that came out of the famous uh, storytelling uh, session between uh, Lord Byron, Percy Shelley, and Mary Shelley that also yeah. gave birth to Frankenstein. Yeah. And John Polidori was also there. Right, yeah. <laughs> uh, Byron came up with a story about a vampire because he had discovered the, the concept while he was in Greece and Turkey. Um, and um, he started writing a, uh, a fragment, what's now called a fragment. Uh, it's just a couple of paragraphs. It uh, doesn't really get to the vampire part yet. But he abandoned it. Um, and Polidori sort of looked at it and uh, wrote his own uh, original story, uh, 
original character do not steal Lord Riven, uh, <laughs> who's directly based on Lord Byron, but as a vampire. And it was initially very popular because um, it was published, uh, uh, unfortunately for everybody involved, under the name Lord Byron, uh, like as a Lord Byron story. Right. Um, Polidori wasn't happy with that, and Byron definitely wasn't happy with it because he hated the story. Um, but um, that, that sort of is why it became popular, probably. But it popularized the idea of vampires in England. Uh, there aren't a lot of previous examples of English people even really knowing about vampires. Right. Um, more of an Eastern European thing. Yeah, as um, we discussed in uh, our third episode, yeah. actually, we did a whole I, I mean, there's, the there's vampires in China and stuff, but they're very different. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, and a- Africa has some, some of their own variations on it. Right. Like, the idea of drinking blood is, mm-hmm. you know, but, like... Vampires, as we think of them, um, actually largely originate from this story. The idea of like the the uh, Byronic, right? Um, you know, s- a smooth talking aristocrat who's, you know, in this case he's not too conflicted. He, he's a outright bastard, but um, um, yeah, he's that that. Uh, yeah, the aristocratic uh, thing, yeah, and the the, the tall, dark, yeah. and handsome kind of uh, mystery. Yeah, man. yeah. Again, the Byronic yeah. hero. Vampires in villain. in folklore are usually more uh, what we would think of as zombies, in that they're right. you know not attractive, or mm-hmm. they're often like bloated or uh, ruddy or purple or you know, right. and there's ghastly the, pale. And there's yeah. the Oswang from uh, South Asia, where they're they're. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. There, there's lots of there's lots of variations, but they're very they're usually very different from what we think of. Um, but yeah, uh, so this, uh, was, uh, directly inspired by that story and actually references it, references it a few times. It was written in America by, uh, an author in New York. We don't know the author's name, but they, uh, published this under the name, uh, Uriah Derek Darcy with an apostrophe, Darcy with, with an apostrophe. And it's called the black vampire with a Y, a legend of St. Domingo. And it is. It's explicitly about a black vampire, like an African descent. Well, he's actually from Africa, uh, a black vampire. Um, so the fact that one of the first vampire stories features a black character as the vampire, even though the story has some racist issues mm-hmm. to say the least, but um, uh, is interesting. And um, but it I is interesting because it, it really sounds like. Um, it was actually meant as something of a... Th- this is the discussion that apparently went on around this story, uh, as in in the modern day, uh, because it does seem like it's like it's, it's pretty explicitly anti-capitalist in the sense that they, li- they, they literally tag on a whole afterword where it's like, hey, isn't capitalism kind of like vampires? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Like, isn't it bad when landlords up your rent? Isn't it bad when people steal from you? Isn't that all vampires? <laughs> and aren't, aren't I a vampire for writing about it? I don't quite get what the logic <laughs> is there, but that's uh, that's how it ends with yeah. the, the very ending. That, that's gonna come up a lot, but not getting the logic of this. <laughs> um, it, it's, it's a fascinating story, but it it's incoherent politically. Yeah, <laughs> I think. Yeah, yeah. It's it's weirdly. Um, it is somewhat sympathetic to uh, the the the, the African American characters or the African Caribbean characters. Yeah, it's it's set in Haiti yeah. uh, before the the revolution. Right. Um, Saint Domingo which was, was called Haiti. Saint Domingo. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, and it was still called St. Like, this is written after the Haitian Revolution, after it would have been called Haiti by the residents. Mm -hmm. But uh, it was still referred to as St. Domingo because they didn't recognize Haiti as an actual nation, um, which was its own thing. And that's like uh, uh, Haiti had to actually uh, to get uh, international um, acceptance or uh, just to be treated as a state by France had to repay uh, what France said they owed them, which was the price of all the slaves that they freed. And uh, with interest that built up over the, the century. And that's why, basically why Haiti was so impoverished. Yeah, and still is. I mean, they never really stopped. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it dry, it never recovered. Like because, a vampire, you might say. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, it, it, it initially came out from that severe debt that they weren't allowed, like literally weren't allowed to um, use any money they got to actually improve their infrastructure or anything. Like they literally were legally not allowed to do that because yeah. they had to pay off France. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, Haiti got screwed over because it was seen as like. Well, it set a bad precedent. The idea of black people over, you know, right. black people um, casting off slavery and forming their own nation was so horrifying to the world at large that they just had to shut this thing down. Right. Yeah. And and so that's what's interesting about the story, actually, uh, to me, because it it as the the foreword points out that it kind of like it really dances around the topic of slavery, um, and yet by doing so, it kind of weirdly calls attention to it, and and I almost yep. wonder if the author, because remember, the author published this anonymously. Uriah Derek Darcy is not the real name of whoever published it. Um, it almost feels like that was something they wanted to sort of brush up against and didn't want to, even even in an honestly published story, they didn't want to outright talk about, you know, the evils of slavery, <laughs> but they kind of wanted yeah, to I like mean, make a big blinking arrow pointing at it, and that's the point of the story. Yeah, it, it, it should be noted, it was written in 1819, and slavery was still legal in America, not in New York, but like... New York people profited off of Southern slavery. Mm -hmm. Like they're not, they were complicit in it. Uh, at least rich people, you know, right? Um, like the average citizen. Well, they, yeah, even then they, they oh, you know, got cheap clothes and stuff. So mm -hmm. uh, or cheaper clothes because the workers didn't have to be paid. Um, yeah. So we should talk about the the basic story. Uh, it's about a uh, a slave owner um, named uh, Mister Personae. Um, in uh, in pre-revolutionary Haiti, um, and um, he uh, has a fight with a child who seems to already be a vampire, uh, a black child who he's trying to enslave, who seems to already like he has red eyes already. And yeah, yeah, no, he's uh, definitely a vampire because later he yeah, just yeah. wants to suck blood, basically. But oh no, but like he's already a vampire at the beginning when he's a child. Mm -hmm. So um, when he comes back as a vampire later, it's not so much that he became a vampire in the interim or like yeah. that incident killed him and he became a, like he was already a vampire somehow. Mm -hmm. Um, Mr. Persona dies and his wife, um, marries a couple more times. Uh, her husbands, uh, die and her children all die. Um, and, uh, the vampire comes back, uh, under the, um, as an adult, uh, under the, um, uh, disguise of an African prince. Um, he's only referred to as the prince or the African. 
so he doesn't have a name, which is unfortunate for, you know, wanting to use this as a character in subsequent things, which I do. Um, <laughs> but, um, uh, uh, yeah, he, he sort of uh, dresses in splendor, and he's like uh, an African, or uh, uh, an affluent uh, Moorish prince of some sort. That's what he presents himself as. And he has a um, sidekick, uh, or a, a ward, who's a white child named Zembo, uh, who it turns out is the uh, actual first child of the uh, of Mrs. Personae. Wait, um, was Zembo white? I thought Zembo was also black. No, he was white. Oh, okay. He's the, he's the child who got kidnapped at the beginning of the story. Oh, okay. All right, I missed that. I thought... Anyway, okay, go on. Yeah. Um, because Zembo so, is apparently uh, tied to... Like, it's a... Deriv derivation of Sambo. Yeah, yeah, but the the character is white in this story. Okay, it does come from the same root as Sambo. Yeah, uh, which is again. Yeah, ra mm. racist. Yeah, well, it was a yeah. it was a term. I mean, it wasn't. Yeah, I mean, it's a racist term in the sense that it came yeah. out. Of, although it wasn't necessarily meant maliciously at the time, but yeah. Or I mean, the 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 word directly comes from like an actual tribe or something, but like mm -hmm. it it used as a catch all for. African people in general is racist. Right, so. right. That's my understanding. Anyway, um, so uh, uh, the prince marries uh, Mrs. Personae, and um, which is interesting in and itself uh, that there's interracial marriage in this story, um, and that's not. I mean, there's evil stuff going on, but like the the marriage itself isn't presented as like a wicked sin. I don't know. Yeah. Did you get that? No, no, I didn't. Yeah, it it comes off as like he's well, I like the the story does seem weirdly back and forth on whether the African prince is good or evil. Like even well, I mean he's a vampire, yeah. he's obviously evil, but they don't always frame him in an evil light, as it were. I I almost you know it's almost like an early sort of Dracula thing where you know oh he's kind of sympathetic in his own way you know yeah. you can feel bad for him. And actually, there's an early line about the the slave owner, Mister Personae, um, who says uh, his slaves won't soon forget him because they have the lashes on their backs to prove that he was there. You know something like that. Right. But yeah. Right. Like it directly says he was like a brutal master, which slave owners were. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, that, that it, it's it's weird back and forth on the sympathy. And, anyway, and it's also strange so, because it's a, like, it seems to be a parody in some ways. And it seems to be yeah. a, a, anyway, we, but I guess we can talk about that uh, in a bit. Yeah. Anyway, there, there's this uh, voodoo ritual. It, it goes into to voodoo and um, uh, obi and um, stuff, sort of conflates it with vampirism, um, which is interesting in itself. That's sort of been done subsequently with... Uh, mm. With the Blackula series, anyway, right. um, but uh, um, yeah, he resurrects her uh, um, former husbands as like zombie vampires, <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, it, it mentions one of her children sort of ran off, and uh, there's a footnote from the original text that says he might have become the infamous Lord Riven. Uh. Weird. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's again. This yeah. is doing the Saturday for Anduil thing of uh, yeah. piggybacking on someone else's work via parody. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And again, this came out the same year as as um, yeah John Polidori's Vampire. So yeah. Um, uh, 
Which, by the so, way, they so refer anyway. to he refers to it as the quote the white vampire, even though that's not really yes. what Polidari called it, and that's why it's called the <laughs> yeah. black vampire. It's the the flip version yeah. of it or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, so Mister Persona is alive now, again. Um, uh, anyway, a, a bunch of stuff. I'm I'm going a little too in depth for a, a mini sode here, but uh, yeah. Um, basically, uh, um. Uh, they get they take like they get little... taken down to like a banquet hall where all the vampires are meeting with all the yeah, yeah. Um, black people. For yeah, some with reason. all the the slaves, they're they're planning an uprising. Right, uh, right. A vampire, a co-vampire slave rebellion. Um, and uh, uh, Zembo, who once again is is white and the son of, uh, you know, the biological. He's been raised by uh, the prince. But he's the biological son of Mr. and Mrs. Personae, um, so he's uh, uh, betrays them and, and goes to the authorities. Um, and um, there's a big fight between the vampires and the local authorities, where the vampires are all put down and yeah. the slaves run away. <laughs> they call the, the cops on the vampires. I don't. It's, it's that's really something. Like just yeah. apparently that's how you get rid of a vampire infestation is you just call the cops. <laughs> Like, yeah. it's really oh, weird. Uh, yeah, and uh, uh, so all the vampires get killed. Um, th this is after the, the prince gives a long speech that's actually pretty interesting about um, um, vampirism and, and the downtrodden and stuff, which, mm -hmm. yeah, and, and it's got some interesting... The whole, the whole story is filled with lots of literary references oh, that boy, I didn't get, it? but are in the... Yeah, that are uh, explained in the uh, modern footnotes. Yeah, um, like really deep cut stuff. Yeah, it's it's um, it's a combination. It's it's written in that nineteenth century style where the author really wanted you to know they'd read all these like uh, high toity high hoity toity literary works and 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 they really they'd read a lot of books basically. Like it's yeah, it, it's very much showing off. Yeah, yeah, and it's and on top um, of that, there's lots of like references that seem to be like like pointing but especially in the supplementary things like the introduction uh that seem to be tweaking the new york literary scene of 1819 like there's references to stuff that we've just have no idea what it means now 200 years later but at the time it was like you know a, a real roast it was a real you know parody of somebody <laughs> or something um yeah uh so basically the vampires put down and um Mr. and Mrs. Persona, I live happily ever after. You know, the brutal slave owner and his wife. Yeah. You know, they, they get a happy ending. But they have a child who's described as mulatto, so the biological son of, uh, of the prince. And um, then it goes back to something that opened on it, uh, a man of black ancestry named Mr. Anthony Gibbons, um, who seems to be just sort of described as like a normal guy, uh, but he occasionally craves blood or something. Yeah. What was that? Oh God! Yeah, yeah, he's still. Uh, he fears he could be having cravings of blood. So, um, yeah, that's the story. Yeah, um, yeah. It, it doesn't seem to have a viewpoint on, or like it doesn't have a consistent viewpoint on slavery, which is really odd because that seems like something you should have a you know <laughs> solid opinion yeah. on. <laughs> well, as I say, I mean, I almost feel like this was published, and it was tr doing everything it could. Like my reading of it is that they the author wanted to you know 
ridicule and paradise slavery because you say a happy ending for Mr. Persona and 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 his wife, but I mean they live on as essentially vampires, right? Like they, you know, he's oh no, they they get cured. Uh, I, I did mention subplot about a vampire cure that, uh, is, that the prince has. Is that what they, that, that is? They drink. Like it's yeah, okay. because yeah. anyway, but but the thing is, they still steal it from like the the vampires and the slaves, right? So it's it's yeah, it's it's. Like he's deriving, and they, and that's made explicit in the afterward, and they they draw attention to the fact that you know people who profit off the labor of others are like vampires themselves, and so it seems like they're trying to like connect the dots with slavery and condemn slavery without condemning slavery, as it were. Like that's that's my read on it, but it is very because that might have been too shocking to be full-on anti-slavery. I know there's anti-abolitionist tracks at the time, but or, I think... Or pro-abolitionist. Yeah. yeah. Or, sorry, yeah, pro-abolitionist. Pro, pro um, yeah, it's... It, I, I, it was... It felt like the author was trying to write around something. Yeah, the, the intro said, it like, it's like... It's like an excuse to sort of um, uh, criticize uh, slavery while still sort of going back to the status quo at the end. It's sort of like a, in some ways, centrist text. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, again, the fact that it's satirical and that it, it sort of uh, ends up... This is wrong, but we can't we can't get rid of it right now. Now's not the time. <laughs> I mean, maybe. I, it's very, yeah. It, I mean, it's more concerned with, like, tweaking uh, Polidori and, and, and some other things. But, yeah, it's, it's the kind of thing where the author's intent is a bit lost to time because it was, it's very much a work of 1819. Like, it's very much tied in with the culture and the literary scene of 1819 and the politics of 1819. So it's it's a little bit hard to tease out exactly what the author might have been going for. But I just, I do think that the fact that it was written anonymously means that there's some somewhat incendiary stuff in there, which to me interprets it as, you know, drawing a, a tying a, you know, a criticism of capitalism and slavery and towards vampirism but that's that's how i read it anyway yeah um it's certainly a, a fascinating historical document yeah um and uh i would i mean we've we've outlined the plot but there's lots of really interesting stuff so if you're interested in the history of vampires it's now readily available you can just sort of google black vampire with a y and you'll find right links to copies online so um yeah, check it out. And there's a, and there's a poem at the end too, a big uh, like a big oh, yeah, chunk of it is I, I a poem. I didn't actually read yeah, it. Honestly. Neither did I. Uh, if you uh, let me say this, if you want a snapshot of what maybe the prototypical 1819 genre story by someone with literary aspirations looks like, you might want to read this because that that'll really give you a sense of that. I think. Yeah. All right, so we're going to, uh, I think, sign off for uh, in this little mini-sode. Thank you uh, for finding us, uh, Philip. And uh, once again, I'm Adam Prosser. We're, uh, my co-host is Philip Rice. Uh, our producer and engineer is Alex Ross. And the theme song was written by Jack Furick. Uh, you can check us out on Patreon slash Spear Hafok or Patreon slash Phantasmic Tales, P-H-A-N-T phantasmic tales uh and we're on twitter as prankster 36 or spear Hafok a because as philip said in his in in our preview episode uh, he, he's having some twitter problems um 
And uh, I think I'm gonna, yeah. As I said, I think I'm just gonna keep with the new account and just go on with, right. with my life. Yeah. So follow Philip and give him lots of new followers. And uh, we're signing off for this mini sode, and we'll see you again in about a week. <laughs>